There are few people whom I really love, and still fewer of whom I think well. The more I see of the world, the more I am dissatisfied with it, and every day confirms my belief of the inconsistency of all human characters and of the little dependence that can be placed on the appearance of merit or sense. Matthew, did you like drink some coffee before this? No mistakes. Yeah, no mistakes. <laughs> Oh, He's time. reading it like it's a quote from the Count of Monte Cristo or something, though. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. We got John Oliver this time, everybody. <laughs> He's in studio. It's a pleasure to be here with you. <laughs> I'm not too busy after all. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome to you, John. Welcome, welcome, welcome to everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to our podcast, Fire the Canon, a podcast for people who want to hear about books. Is that our introduction? <laughs> a podcast for people who don't mind hearing about books. A podcast by people who read a book for people who may or may not have read that book. Our opinions are objective. <laughs> We're reading the books in the Western canon and deciding if they belong or not. I'm Rachel, one of your hosts. Jackie, the other host is. Is what? Is you. Another host. Okay. And I thought we were doing things all loosey-goosey. <laughs> no, I think this is the Star Wars episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what was my idea. Was she being Jar Jar Binks? But she was trying to be Yoda. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you know, Jar Jar, the character who's famous for saying sentences backwards. <laughs> my mom yeah. says she likes Jar Jar Binks or something like well, she's that. she's wrong. That's racist. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. She didn't like Star Wars. And I said, oh, I asked her about it, what she remembered, and she was... Just, like, literally the only thing she remembered was Jar Jar Binks, and I'm like, he's, I think he's only in one. So she doesn't like him. You just said she liked him. We saw, like, a full body statue of him for some reason at a movie theater within the past year and a half, and she did take a picture with it, but she didn't know that was Jar Jar Binks, I don't think. I don't know. It was confusing. I know he's involved. Who did she think it was? I'm texting her right now. What do you think of Maybe Jar Jar Binks? Maybe she was like, this is, this is the new 007. Oh, yeah. This is uh, Billie Eilish. <laughs> Every generation gets a new Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> it's a title, not the name of a person. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Daniel Craig is playing the next Jar Jar Binks. God, what's that guy's name? Idris Elba. <laughs> Jar Jar Binks. No. James Bond. <laughs> yes, James Bond. <laughs> oh, they have the same initials. That's creepy. Whoa. <laughs> we found something out. Axel, so we share the same initials. What? Oh my gosh. Jacqueline Burton, Jar Jar Binks, James Bond. That's like Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Where are your three hosts? Jane Bennett. Now we're yeah. back in the book. Let's get in there. <laughs> yeah, okay. Wait, what, Theo? <laughs> Those are your three hosts. You just play yourself. And uh, Rachel, yeah. you play Jar Jar. I'll play James no. <laughs> Yeah, no, I called it. I called James Bond. <laughs> I feel like the one who doesn't talk very much should be Jar Jar Binks. No, I feel like James Bond is also pretty taciturn. It's about the racism of their voice, not which one talks more. <laughs> She's saying she doesn't want to hear Jar Jar talk. I mean, he talks incessantly, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. So he's like Mr. Collins. I'm not asking if if I'm more similar to Jar Jar Binks or James Bond. I'm saying the audience would probably rather hear me emulate James Bond. <laughs> does she does she want a guest on our podcast as Jar Jar? I don't think she knows. She probably like saw part of the movie while babysitting my cousin. Like I don't think she's seen. And the she movie. was like, 
Yeah, the way that person talks, I identify with. That. Yeah. I don't think she could. She could be on an episode where we like watch Star Wars and talk about it if that's something we're doing. But no. so that she can just be like everyone's mom watching Star Wars and be like, "Who's that again?" I don't understand. Wow, moms, tell me about it. She knows him. I asked if okay. she knows which one it is, and she said yes. And this is the episode where we don't talk about any books. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, all of that's going to be good for our. SEO. <laughs> True. And I'm Theo, the producer. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't have to put that in there. Also, I noticed every time I say, Theo, just cut that out. You always leave it in. Because it's funny. That's humor. That's podcast humor, baby. Yeah, that's humor. All right. <laughs> well, no, I think I leave in one out of every five times you say that. <laughs> <laughs> that was a funny laugh, Rachel. The other times he cuts out you saying cut it out, but he leaves in the thing. Mm-hmm. And other times I cut out the rest of the episode. Just the whole. Yeah, and just leave the thing you told me to cut out. Yeah, you have no idea how many episodes we've made that Theo just cut out to spite Jackie. <laughs> All right, let's go. Let's go. So this week, for our Zoom names, I have decided to be a girl who likes to be crossed in love a little now and then. I'm one of the handsomest women of your acquaintance, and uh, that's also my Zoom name. Mm-hmm. You keep making that joke every time. I think like once every two episodes no. we make the joke. What? No, you're the one who makes you, the joke, Rachel. Yeah, you made that joke the about the no. human troll you're the one who I makes made it, it the first okay, time. And you just Jackie clipped, made so it the be most... careful. <laughs> <laughs> you're on thin ice, young lady. <laughs> to watch your back. <laughs> yeah, and I'm that uh, well-known quote from Pride and Prejudice. A young man of some renown. <laughs> but just some. Yeah. I hate to say it, but it's time for me to make my first correction ever on the podcast. We haven't even started. Yes. Well, I realized that Acorn is Wish, not a book. I looked it up. <laughs> what? What? That's the other book that was in the used bookstore in Costa Rica that she didn't choose. It was either Acorna's World or... No, it was. It was Acorna's World. I'm looking at the cover right now. Okay, well, that was a huge mistake that everyone would have noticed, so I'm glad that you clarified. I'm really embarrassed. I'm just glad that Anne McCaffrey's not alive to witness. So you're saying you're glad she's dead? Yeah. (laughs) This time? I think I might have to just wash my hands of this whole thing and just quit the podcast. After that. Am I canceled? I don't think I'll include this in the podcast, but I thought you said Acorn is Wish, not a book. I was thinking. <laughs> I don't think that's a correction. I think you you got it wrong again. I think it's like a nut or something. But. I don't regret reading Pride and Prejudice instead. Imagine what podcast this would be if I had read Acorn as World. How would you know? Maybe it's better than Pride and Prejudice. It's undiscovered. Ooh. Maybe I'll become, I would have become obsessed with body modification and turned myself into a unicorn girl. Okay, well, I'm just saying it's not part of the Western canon, and that's something we should look into. <laughs> Maybe it should be. I have actually, I did read another book by that writer. Like, there was some omnibus of some of the dragon books she wrote, and I was, like, in middle school or something, and I bought it because I was like, oh, a big, not-too-expensive book of fantasy books? That'll be great for me. And I started reading it, and it is, like, quite smutty, in fact. Acorna's World? No, another series of hers, The Dragon Riders of Pern. They all have to have sex with each other or something. I don't remember it that well. Wow. So I'm wondering what Acorna's World is going to be like. (laughs) <laughs> I love how Rachel's just like, I don't remember it that well. It had something to do with dragon people having sex with each other, but I don't remember it. That's not how I phrased it at all. <laughs> That's how she said it. My internet has been freezing, and when you freeze on Zoom and then it catches up, you talk really fast. Like, it <laughs> speeds up your voice. So it really sounded to you like I was saying, I don't really remember it. 
It was a bunch of dragon people having sex. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think too much about it. But yeah, that's what it was like. Okay. Well, I said it in a normal way to imply that I, in fact, don't remember it that well. So, chapter 22, do you remember where we left off last time? I guess you do, because you just listened to the episodes. Um, I edited them. I didn't. You listened <laughs> while you edited. Yeah, but I don't know. You sort of get lost in the whole thing. I know that somebody <laughs> turned red, somebody turned white, and then it was... This, there's this whole thing about the ball, and... um. Uh, Collins didn't get his wish to marry Elizabeth, and she lost her mother in the process. <laughs> Is that wrong? That's what her dad said would happen. Well, the mom was just being dramatic. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember what else happened. No, that's about it. Collins uh, proposes to Elizabeth, and she says no. None of the daughters are married, though. That's the big issue. Yeah, they're still all single. And Mr. Bingley and co. left in a hurry without saying goodbye. Oh, because they overstayed their welcome at the ball. Okay, and it's coming back to me. <laughs> it's not because of that. <laughs> okay. You stayed at our party too long. We're leaving town. <laughs> <laughs> Three miles is too close to live to you. Uh, all right, so chapter 22, Mr. Collins is still not leaving their house, but everyone's like, oh, thank goodness, Charlotte is talking to him. They keep hanging out. And the narrator tells us that, in fact, Charlotte is trying to get Mr. Collins to propose to her, which he does. And Charlotte's whole family is thrilled about that. Right, Jackie? Absolutely thrilled because she's so old. She's 27. Disgusting. She's basically geriatric. (laughs) She's so old. And it says that her younger brothers are glad that now they won't have to take care of her as an old maid. (laughs) They keep this a secret from the Bennett family, but Charlotte tells Elizabeth about it. And so they kind of have an argument. Yeah, Lizzie's not able to restrain herself from being like, what? That's insane. Don't do that. Yeah, you're marrying this idiot? Because she realized she missed her chance. (laughs) (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Instant regret. No, she says, like, (laughs) it's impossible that you're in love with him. And Charlotte says, well, I'm not. Right. She says, you know, I'm not very romantic. I kind of just want a house and to be secure and not to die a pauper. Ah. Yeah. She's like, you know, women don't have any choice. I'm not good looking. I'm 27. I'm so close to death. This is my only shot, basically. (laughs) And so. And also, he's fine. He's fine. Like, he's silly and pompous but whatever yeah but lizzie's she's still very like she's not happy about it at the end of it she says basically like that friendship's over not over but she says that the friendship will never again have the same intimacy that it once had Mm -hmm. she just like has lost so much respect for charlotte and the thing i'm wondering is if it's also that charlotte didn't tell her that that was her plan how could she have told her it was her plan when literally like the day before he had just proposed to elizabeth (laughs) She could have pulled her aside at any point and been like, hey, by the way, I'm going to see if I can get Collins to propose to me. Like, it doesn't take that long. Why does she need to tell her that plan? I'm not saying she needs to. I'm wondering if that's part of the reason Lizzie feels like they can't be as intimate anymore because her friend kept it a secret from her. Oh. I don't know. That doesn't seem to be the reason from what she says. She says that she just has completely lost all esteem for... Charlotte's judgment. I know that's what she says, but I'm saying I wonder if that's also part of it is that she was hurt. Well, how embarrassing would it have been for Charlotte if she told people, I'm going to try to get Mr. Collins to marry me? And then he didn't do it. That would be humiliating, right? (laughs) Yeah. And then he didn't do it. It'd be like, wow, you got rejected by Mr. Collins. But that's her best friend. I'm just saying. Look, if I was trying to marry Joshua, 
I'd like to think I would do Jackie the decency of telling Wait, her. Wait, this is very different, though. Yeah. That is a very different situation. <laughs> I mean, it seems like Charlotte is just not telling her because she knows that Lizzie... Yeah, that's right. I know her nickname. That Lizzie will, <laughs> you know, look down on her for it, right? That could be. Seems like she's just scared of Lizzie's reaction. You know what? I'm starting to think I don't like Lizzie. <laughs> oh, no. And you're a Charlotte stan now? You love good Charlotte? <laughs> good old Charlotte. Well, last time you identified with Mr. Darcy, so now you're kind of like this Elizabeth chick. She's kind of getting on my nerves. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe the. Uh... <laughs> yeah, and now that I've told you that I don't like her. I'm going to start liking her, just like Darcy. Yeah, You have to change her mind. She has really nice eyes. Yeah. Uh, Theo, have you heard a description of her eyes before? <laughs> They're fine. Mm. <laughs> so chapter 23, the Bennett family learns of the match, and Miss Bennett is furious because she wanted Mr. Collins to marry a different daughter. And it's the book says something like, she was mad at Mr. Collins for a couple days, and then she was mad at the Lucases for a month, and that she was mad at Charlotte for, like, a year. Wow. Many months. Yeah, and Mr. Bennett is fine with it, but he says, like, now he knows that Charlotte's also an idiot. Yeah, he's actually pleased by that. Yeah. I'm picturing this as a movie and just seeing a montage of a year of her hating Charlotte. Oh. <laughs> just in various ways. <laughs> just scowling at her across the room. You know, Charlotte one day is, by her marriage to Mr. Collins, now going to inherit the house mm -hmm. that Mrs. Bennett is currently herself the mistress of. So every time Charlotte comes over, she's just thinking like, oh, I bet she's looking around thinking about when she's going to own all of this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And one funny thing is she says to Mr. Bennett, like, I just can't handle the thought of after you die, like, I'm going to have to move out and give my house to Charlotte. And he goes, well, why don't you look on the bright side? Like, it could be that maybe I'll just outlive you. Oh. And she's not pleased by that response. <laughs> what does she want then? <laughs> <laughs> she wants all of her daughters married to very rich men. To marry equally rich men. <laughs> it's not that much to ask, Theo. <laughs> so Jane is surprised, but she says like, oh, I hope that they're very happy, which Lizzie doesn't think is possible. And the other girls don't really care about it at all, but they're glad they have something to gossip about. And so weirdly, after this happens, Mr. Collins visits the Bennets yet again and stays at their house and everyone's pissed at him. <laughs> Why are you continuing to stay with us? We thought we had you out of our hair. Mrs. Bennett's like, he should be staying with the Lucases, <laughs> but they can't tell him not to. They have to let him, apparently. And still, Mr. Bingley is gone. Wow. No word. No word from the Bing boy. The Bing boy. Cut, so cut that out for sure. Well, you know the risk of saying cut that out, Theo, and we'll see what happens, Jackie. It increases the likelihood that it stays in. <laughs> Oh, God. Is that the mystery chord again? And yet. <laughs> and yet. <laughs> Ooh, it's still just as mysterious as the other two times. I never get used to it. I don't know. I'm over it. Theo. Yet. <laughs> Theo does. I don't know. Should we just listen to the mystery I'll now? Just spin out a wondrous mystery for them again. <laughs> I didn't do nothing, you jerk. You can't pin a thing on me. Anybody would have killed that stuck-up marigold fella. He was too smart for his own good. Don't mean I bopped him, though. Let's get one thing straight. You didn't like Count Marigold. Nobody did. He was always going around, poking his nose where it didn't belong. He was going to get whopped someday. No question. Where were you on the day of his death? I was on the other side of town, just leaving my job at the dock. So you weren't anywhere near the police station? I just told you I wasn't. Then how do you explain this? <gasps> Take a good whiff, you lying criminal. 
battery fluid? You betcha, sweet bottom dollar it is. Collected straight from the underside of your car and molecularly matched to the fluid found all over the crime scene. That's a dirty trick, copper. How was I supposed to know my lousy battery was leaking? Looks like somebody should have gone to. Vine Carolina Energy. Take him away, boys. Curse you. All right, I did it. I blopped him. But I would have gotten away with it if only I had bought a refurbished car battery at... Fine, Carolina Energy. Tell it to the judge, scumbag. I left the interrogation with a feeling of accomplishment, but something wasn't right about the perp's tone. And then I realized... Was this hit-and-run just a calculated plot to air a convoluted advertisement for Vine Carolina Energy on a little-known podcast? And was I just a patsy in the whole scheme? I burst back into the interrogation room. Who do you work for? Oh, I think you already know. Vine Carolina Energy! So whether you're whopping Count Marigold or just trying to get to work, if you want to buy Vine Carolina Energy batteries, you can find them at Interstate Batteries of Greensboro, located at 18B Wendy Court in Greensboro, North Carolina. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that whole mystery thing, that was actually just an ad. <laughs> womp, womp, womp. Hope you enjoyed it, though. It was a pretty good ad, I think. Unconventional, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so now that you've gotten a taste of our advertising chops, if you'd like us to take your product into our hands and mold it into something strange and unusual, <laughs> let us know. We'll do your ad. You gotta pay us. Well, yeah, you gotta pay us, but we'll do it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, we have no scruples. We'll do literally anything. For money. For money. That's the key part that you keep leaving out. It has to be for money. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do anything. <laughs> We're chill. Anyway, back to Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> <laughs> so, chapter 24, Caroline Bingley, Jackie. Correction number two. I have a coworker named Caroline. Spelled the exact same way, and we asked her, is her name Carolyn or Caroline? And she says, actually, I don't care. O-line. O-line. Which I think is so crazy because it's your name. How do you not have a preference? Well, this woman's name is pronounced Caroline. So Caroline Bingley writes a very rude letter to Jane, where she's going on and on about how great Miss Darcy is and how close she and Bingley are becoming. And Lizzie feels really bad for Jane and is now starting to get angry at Mr. Bingley. And so then Jane and Lizzie have an argument about the Bingley family and Charlotte as well. So Elizabeth is basically saying that this was not a misunderstanding. And even if it was other people's designs that drew him away from you, it's wrong of him to be so weak. If he actually liked you, he shouldn't have been so spineless and he should have just pushed forward. And Jane Mm -hmm. is kind of giving the opposite, the devil's advocate, like she always does. He must not have actually liked me. I just imagined things. He's such a nice guy. He would yeah. never do that. And they just had no idea how I felt. And also, she it would be harder emotionally for Jane to be angry at Bingley than to just consider herself mistaken. So she says, just let me think what I want yeah, to think. Yeah, just let me think kindly of them. Jane thinks that it's fine for Charlotte to marry Mr. Collins, right? And Lizzie's like, no, this is absurd. Yeah, she's like, is it so crazy for you to think that maybe she might be happy? And Lizzie's like, yeah. 
Yeah, she can never be happy. So she tells Jane, this is part of the quote, she says, You wish to think all the world respectable and are hurt if I speak ill of anybody. I only want to think you perfect, and you set yourself against it. I mean, you can see the two sisters, they love each other a lot, they respect each other, etc., etc. So after this, Mr. Bennett is talking to Lizzie, and he says, like, oh, well, you know, your older sister has been jilted. Uh, why don't you get jilted by Mr. Wickham over there? He seems like a nice enough guy, and I'm sure he'd do a good job. Yeah. <laughs> and he tells her that next to being married, a girl likes to be crossed a little in love now and then. It is something to think of, and it gives her a sort of distinction among her companions. That's what he says? That's what Mr. Bennett says? That's what her dad says. He's hilarious. He says, why don't you get your heart broken now? You'll have something to do. Yeah. So at this point, everyone in the family hates Mr. Darcy, except Jane, who still is like, there must be a misunderstanding. And they all hate him just for the same reasons, which is that he's rude. And then also... The Wickham thing. She told everyone about the Wickham thing. Lizzie also has the suspicion that he's one of the reasons that Bigley turned his attention away from Jane. Ooh. Mm. So, chapter 25, Mrs. Bennett's brother and sister-in-law visit. They are called the Gardeners. Okay, Theo? Because they garden? It's their last name. I'm just trying to put that in your head so you don't get confused because <laughs> they come up again later. Okay, Gardeners. So, they're the girls on Yeah, so they are tradespeople, and they wouldn't be thought well of among high society because okay. they actually, like, have a business. And so the thing is, though, they're very elegant and well-educated and well-spoken and blah, blah, blah. And the girls love them. They love their aunt particularly. Mrs. Gardner and Lizzie talk about Jane's heartbreak. And, you know, she feels she feels bad for her, et cetera, et cetera. And Mrs. Gardner invites Jane to go stay with them in London. She says, let's just get her mind off of things for a little while. But then Lizzie says, well, you know... Mr. Bingley is in London and, and the Bingley sisters and Darcy, they're all in London too. And Aunt G, who I'm going to call her, is just like, um, well, it doesn't matter. I mean, they're on the whole other side of town. They're not going to run into each other. And she can visit with the sisters if she wants, but she's not going to run into Mr. Bingley himself unless, you know, they want to. She was worried about going to London because some people she didn't like were in London? Because the guy who just broke her heart is in London. The thing is, the way that manners work in this society is like, if they know that she's there, they kind of have to visit her. Oh, uh, I see. And especially because it's not like going to London now. It used to be smaller. And also, if you were of the same social class, you were more likely to run into each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was about the size of bun. <laughs> if they see you at the subway and you don't stop and say hi... That's very bad. Oh, you mean the restaurant? Like the restaurant, yeah. I'm sorry, that's the only oh, okay, restaurant okay. Bun has is, is yeah. the subway restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, we just hop on the tube every morning and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> go to the farm. Bun is one of the only cities in America with a functioning with a well -run yeah, public, metro. public yeah. transportation. The real public transportation is the cow train. Ooh. Tell us more. I mentioned that in a previous episode. If you're a cow, you can go anywhere you want for free. <laughs> So they go into town together, and Mrs. Gardner meets Mr. Wickham, who she's a little bit suspicious of at first, but she finds out that they both grew up in Derbyshire, and so they're chatting about it. Ah. And later on, when she talks to Elizabeth, she remembers hearing that Mr. Darcy was proud and ill-tempered as a boy. She kind of searches her memory, and she's like, yeah, I think I heard that. Yeah, I remember that. Maybe I did hear that he was a proud boy. She kind of convinces herself. Right. 
At one point, Elizabeth, talking to her aunt, says, Is not general incivility the very essence of love? (laughs) She's talking about Mr. Bingley. She says, When he threw a ball, I remember that he, like, jilted multiple girls because he was talking to Jane or, like, trying to dance with Jane some more, and that I even spoke to him a couple times, and he didn't even respond to me. And I think that he was so rude that he must be in love. Uh Must have been in love. Yeah. If you're very rude to everyone else, you must be in love with someone else. Not to the person you're in love with. No, to everyone else. Well, not unless you're Elizabeth and Mr. Darcy. She said general <laughs> incivility means that you're in yeah. love. <laughs> not not acute. Not targeted. Weird. Right. So in chapter 26, Mrs. Gardner, or Aunt G, as Jackie likes to call her, <laughs> you're the one who was on my case about calling her Elizabeth and Lizzie, and now you're coming up with these like little fun nicknames. I don't know. I just think that's more like familiar, more They didn't call each other that. Like People would call their spouse Mr. Bennett. Yeah, but for our our contemporary audience who knows names like Little G, things like that, it's better if we could just use a letter. Yeah, Aunt G, Big D, Little D, Teeny D. No relation to Little G. Uh, Aunt of Little G. Okay. He's part of the Pride and Prejudice universe. (laughs) Little G? He's a descendant. (laughs) Very poor manners to steal that tank top. The pride of Little G. (laughs) Nice. That's pretty good. Okay, so Mrs. Gardner warns Elizabeth not to get too attached to Mr. Wickham because he's poor. It would be a bad connection. She says, like, your dad has such a high opinion of you. Don't betray it. Yeah, she says, if he had more money or a higher station in life, I couldn't think of a better match. But as it is, don't even bother. He's a poro, so stay away. (laughs) Wow. Uh, Lizzie says to her basically, like, well, look, I'll try my best. I'm not encouraging him now. I don't think I'll encourage him in the future, but who knows? Can't promise anything. She's very vague about it. Like, well, I can't say that I'm currently in love with him, but who knows what the future holds. I'm not going to fight it. So Charlotte marries Mr. Collins right away. And she basically forces Lizzie to agree to visit her in the future. Yeah, I think she's not interested in completely throwing away the friendship. And of course, Lizzie doesn't want to visit because she'd have to spend time with Mr. Collins. The odious Mr. Collins. Her ex. Her ex. Her Her once betrothed. Her cousin slash ex. (laughs) I mean, can you think of a more awkward combination? Sure. Like hanging out with your ex is nothing compared to if they're also (laughs) your cousin. That's true. Yeah, I guess that does make it worse. (laughs) Anyway, so yeah, I mean, she obviously doesn't want to go, but also, like I said, anytime that you go and visit somebody, it's 50 miles away from where she lives um, is where Charlotte has moved to. Who knows how long you're going to have to be there. Wow. They have no jobs, so they literally will just visit people for months. Yeah. Like Mr. Collins stayed for a month. That sounds horrible. (laughs) Yeah. If I had a time machine, this is the last time I would visit, honestly. (laughs) This sounds fine. As long as you are rich, I would love to just, okay, when Stephen hears this, he's going to be like, that's all you do right now. You just read books. (laughs) Just read books and talk to your friends. (laughs) Read books, talk to your friends. That's what Stephen sounds like. No. (laughs) From Lizzie's point of view, this sounds horrible. Like, nothing that she does. Well, she didn't have the internet. I've got the internet. Did you forget? I did forget you have the internet, you're right. We're sitting all in the same room right now doing this by candlelight. No, it sounds terrible. Like, you're constantly surrounded by people you don't like and you can't do anything about it. Like, even in her own house. You're not constantly surrounded by people you don't like. Some people like people. For months on end, you are. Well, yeah, but I guess you don't have to visit people you don't like. But there's always visitors even in her own house. Like, the officers are always coming over and Mr. Collins is staying there. But you don't have a cell phone. If Mr. Collins came to my house, I would just leave the house every day. He couldn't find me. 
Were you allowed to just like go outside and play and like not see anyone? Even as an adult? Yeah. She's a huge fan of solitary walks, probably because she hates everybody that she's with. <laughs> that, that sounds doable then. Yeah. <laughs> if you're allowed to go to go outside by yourself as an adult and play. <laughs> <laughs> I've been living in cities for like six years now. I would love it if I could just go outside and play and not see anyone around me and no one <laughs> would judge me for playing outside. Oh my gosh. What would you play? What would I play? I don't know. I would like, I would climb trees. I would just, I don't know. It'd be awesome. Frolic. Yeah. Splash around in the brook. Pick wildflowers. Pop out of a shrub. <laughs> you should come back to North Carolina this summer, Theo. But there's, oh, there's still people with their watchful eyes. Anyway. Well, what? <laughs> let's continue. Now I'm thinking he wants to do something else. <laughs> You know, Elizabeth loves going on these solitary walks. Why don't you tell a story of a time that you like to go on solitary walks? <laughs> well, you're referring to the Channel Memorial Pathway, which was uh, <laughs> when I was a kid, you know, elementary school, I would just walk around in my front yard in circles over and over and over and just make up stories in my head. Um, and I would, you know, be making sound effects and stuff. So whenever someone would you know like walk down the street and see me making those sound effects they would make fun of me for doing it this is what he wants to do now this is why he can't have anyone yeah, it would be so awesome and <laughs> but eventually i wore down a path in the yards so there was no grass in this you know little oval in our front yard but eventually i moved to the backyard so it turned out all right <laughs> but his dad started calling it the theo chandler memorial pathway <laughs> I think it's so funny. It is. I told that story on my podcast with Joseph, too. So. so if you want to hear it from a different perspective, a slightly different way of phrasing, listen to Theo's podcast. If you want to hear it from the same person and the same perspective, but on a different recording. Baby geniuses. <laughs> no, wait, what? no, that's a real podcast. What's your podcast called? Inside the Mind of a Child Genius. Inside the Mind of yeah, a Child Genius. It's not genius. coming out for like another month. Yeah. But <laughs> so everybody go check out Baby Geniuses in the meantime. No, absolutely not. No free plugs. Do not listen to Baby Geniuses. <laughs> Unless they want to be guests on the podcast. Then plug away. Then yeah. they can have all the plugs they want. <laughs> They're busy. They're learning how to like walk and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a name. Anyway, go ahead, Rachel. Just a name. Okay. So Jane writes a letter to Elizabeth and says that, oh, you know, I wrote a letter to Caroline Bingley to say that I was in town, but she didn't respond, so she must have just lost the letter. Clearly. Which, come on. Yeah. So she visits Caroline, and Caroline says, oh, you're in town? Uh, I lost the letter. <laughs> and she looks like she's seen a ghost, and she's like, oh, what are you? Oh, yeah, I had no idea you were coming. Mm. So she still doesn't see Mr. Bingley, and Jane finally realizes that Caroline Bingley sucks, which, of course, she doesn't say that. She says, if I were not afraid of judging harshly, I should be almost tempted to say that there is a strong appearance of duplicity in all this, because, like... Caroline puts off returning the visit for a long time. She just keeps, like, making excuse after excuse. And then when she finally visits, she just, like, comes in, says hello, and then leaves right away. Yeah, and she insists that she's told her brother that Jane is in town, but... Jane knows that's not true. Jane knows she probably hasn't told him. But she doesn't really admit it. But at this point, she's like, I'm done trying to be your friend. It's clear she's not interested. Yeah. Which is a big deal for Jane to say that. So poor Jane. At this point, Mr. Wickham has ditched Lizzie for an heiress. There's a young woman in town who just inherited a lot of money. Her grandfather just died. Yes. And Lizzie's a little bit hurt by it, but... It's no big D. She doesn't care that much. It's no Mr. Darcy's dad, big D. Lizzie's just kind of like, oh, well, 
whatever. I get it. He's poor. She's rich. That's the way of the world. Yeah, she refuses to see any sign in him of mercenariness. Chapter 27. So Lizzie heads off to Hunsford, which is the name of Mr. Collins and Charlotte's house. She goes with Sir Lucas or William Lucas and Mariah Lucas. <laughs> Mariah Carey. Yeah, Mariah Carey. Oh, man, there are so many characters and even the houses have names. Yes. <laughs> I can't keep up with it. You'll be fine. Look, you don't. I'm going to tell you when it's a house's name because you don't need to know. Hunsford and do I like or hate this character? <laughs> it's a house. <laughs> uh, so on their way there, she stops to see Jane and while she's leaving it says that her father so little liked her going that he told her to write to him and almost promised to answer her letter. Wow. <laughs> I like Mr. Bennett. Yeah, he's funny. So she even sees Wickham before she leaves and she says a friendly farewell to them. While she's talking to Mrs. Gardner, they have an argument about Mr. Wickham where Mrs. Gardner says that he's being mercenary. But Lizzie says, well, now, 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 you can't say that because you just told me I can't marry him because he's poor and it would be imprudent. But now you're saying he's mercenary for marrying someone who has money? You've got to pick one. And the aunt is like, uh, I don't Poros know. Poros can't do anything, right? Poros, yeah. Can't marry another Poro and you can't marry a rich. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so Mrs. Gardner invites Lizzie to go on a summer vacation with them to visit the Lakes District, and Lizzie is happy about That's it. That's up in Scotland. So she's like, ugh, I have to go on a terrible vacation, but then I get to go on a good vacation afterwards. It's not in Scotland. It's like up north towards Scotland. Towards Scotland, but it's in England. Whatever. What's so exciting about that? We almost that? got so canceled. You know, the UK is like our third most populous demographic of listeners. Okay, I know, I know, I know. I'm a Scot- Oh, I was about to say I'm a Scotland stan. I can't say that. Why not? Because the UK loves us and we can't u- lose our UK listeners. Scotland doesn't want to be part of the UK. Then they'll be happy to hear you say oh, that. Oh, no. I just made everyone happy. Oh, everyone's mad. Wait, I just made everyone happy. Oh, no. <laughs> I've done the impossible. <laughs> By George, you've done it. <laughs> made everyone happy. This is the happy podcast. <laughs> Everybody's happy. <laughs> no, by George. Rachel, he can't handle any more names. Stop it. I thought you were going to say, like, bye, George. I thought he was gay or something. Bye, George. I'll just rent him. Oh, yes. Nice. Like that. <laughs> that one's way better. I'm killing it, right, Theo? Oh, my gosh. Yes, you are. This just in, Theo doesn't like gay people. What? He likes capitalism more. Okay, that was a you little said too... that's a better joke. You should beep out that whole sentence. <laughs> Theo doesn't like beep. He just likes beep. He wants to go outside and beep where nobody else can see him. Gets beep. You're bad. What do you mean? You don't know what's in there. <laughs> and I'm Theo, the beeper. <laughs> I'm Beepo, the beeper. Like that. That's my new character, Beepo. Beepo. <laughs> <laughs> like 3O, we ask every time we want to like convert some monetary. When we want him to beep something out. That's a really lazy <laughs> wordplay. Theo becomes beep. <laughs> it's the laziest shit I've ever heard. But we're laughing about it a lot more than we laughed about 3O. <laughs> well, uh, it just reminds me, my dad has a nickname at. I don't know if it's at his current place of work or where he used to work, but he said that all of his co-workers at one point called him Bebop. <laughs> and it's because he walks in this, like, bouncy fashion where, like, instead of, like, really just moving forward, he's very bouncy. And I walk that same way. Oh, yeah. Okay, you'll be Bebop. <laughs> Bebop. Bebop Jr. If anything, it would be Bebopolin. Bebopolin. As if her dad's name is Jack and her name is Jacqueline. No, her mom's <laughs> name is Lynn. So that's why all of her sisters have Lynn at the oh. end of their name. 
So it'd be Jacka Jackabop. Jacka Jackabop. What are you talking about? Jackabop. Jackabop. What? Why would you give the Jack part? You'd keep the Lynn. My mom's name is not Lynn. What is it? What is your mom's name? I thought it was Lynn. Nancy. Oops. Where's what's the Lynn from? Her middle name is Lynn. Nancy Lynn. It's a very <laughs> But her name yeah. is Lynn just in the middle of her name. In the middle, yeah. And that's why you guys have Lynn at your name. So it would be Bebopalin. Canon. No. What? <laughs> if her name is Lynn and then she added Jaqua to her daughter's name, then what then it you would do- be Jack will be Bob. Yeah, Jack will be Bob. <laughs> You're, no, that's if her mom's name was Bebop. But her dad's name is Bebop, so they're naming it after her. Da- this joke makes a lot of sense. When you listen <laughs> back agree. with this with Steven, he is going to tell gonna you. So my joke. You're going to yeah. be ashamed. No, my joke is that. Canceled. <laughs> <laughs> my joke, if her dad was like, I want to name her Bebop Jr. after myself, her mom would say, well, that's fine, but we have to add Lynn. So her name would be Bebopalin. It wouldn't be Bebopa Jack or whatever. Jack of Bebopaler. Whatever you said. Anyway, thanks so much for joining us this week. Join us next week for another episode of Fire the Can. We made it five chapters in. You are so frustrating. Okay, go ahead. We need to make everyone vote if it would be Bebopalin or Jack of Bebop. <laughs> My name does lend itself to a lot of weird little <laughs> configurations, I guess. It? Very awkwardly, <laughs> as it does. Hi, listeners. Just jumping in during the edit to remind you to spread the word about our podcast. Tell all your friends and family. Sing our praises to your best friend, Jackabobop, and your worst enemy, Bibopolin. Also, please leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. We would really appreciate that. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast or follow it on your podcatcher of choice. All right, back to the episode. Chapter 28. They arrive at Hunsford, which is Mr. Collins's house. Okay, Theo? We've all been waiting. <laughs> the, the moment we've all been waiting for is the arrival at Mr. Collins's house. <laughs> Mr. Collins is the same as he ever was, and it seems like he's basically trying to rub the house in Lizzie's face to be like, oh, look at this nice thing. Wouldn't it be nice if you lived here instead, but you missed your chance? I wish we really had a whole podcast or a whole episode where we could just, like, explain Mr. Collins' speeches because they're so funny. Patreon bonus. That's a Patreon bonus, girl. There we go. We'll just do a whole episode where we talk about Mr. Collins. No problem. And here's why, listeners, you want to have access to that exclusive content, because they're so freaking funny. They're so they're really long. funny. I think that she probably had the most fun writing this character. Yeah. Like, it must have been so much fun to just let out all of your frustrations on like the most pompous person you know and just ramp them up times 20 and put them all and in that's this book. Mr. Collins. And that's Mr. Collins. Nice. So it seems like Charlotte gets embarrassed by Mr. Collins pretty frequently and Lizzie notices that she seems the happiest when he's not around, but otherwise it seems hmm. fine. Like she en- it seems clear that Charlotte's enjoying having her own household. And Mr. Collins thankfully works in the garden a lot, so he's outside a lot and she just kind of has her little room that faces totally away from that so she can be far away from him. <laughs> the sickly cross Miss DeBerg stops by. She's the daughter of Lady Catherine. If you recall, Theo, do you recall? 
Go on. <laughs> Lady Catherine, remember, is the patroness of Mr. Collins. She's a big deal. She's also uh, the uh, the mother of Darcy. She's no, she's Mr. Darcy's aunt because she has a different last name. Okay. She's his mother, and she wants him to marry her daughter. <laughs> awkward, right, guys? <laughs> yeah, so awkward if you break up with your brother. Yeah. Gross. Okay. I didn't even like saying that. Thanksgiving dinner. It's so awkward. <laughs> I'm the only one who doesn't have a brother of all of us. That's pretty cool. I kind of. Don't have a brother. We've talked about Bailey on this podcast before. I wish Bailey all the best, but I haven't spoken to him in years. Uh. You've used him for your own gain with this podcast, telling stories about him. And, <laughs> and now you deny him like Peter and the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, just like Cain and Abel you are. Okay. You just audibly <laughs> murdered him. I mean, there's no other person on earth who's ever given me lice, so we do have that oh. <laughs> nice. Okay. Um He's the giver of lice. Patreon exclusive lice stories. (laughs) Patreon exclusive, we give you lice. Take take these headphones, put them on over your head. Don't ask questions. (laughs) Maybe don't tell our most devoted fans that in exchange for their love, we personally will give them lice. I don't have any lice. I don't know why you would think that. Chapter 29. Mr. Collins is thrilled that Miss Anne DeBerg stopped by. He says a bunch of very stupid stuff to Elizabeth. Don't audibly scratch your head. (laughs) Now you're doing it. Oh my gosh. I did it before him. You didn't do it next to the mic, so I didn't hear you. She did it, but she didn't do it next to the mic, so then I took the cheese. Okay, go ahead. Took the cheese? Yeah, it's a fucking mouse reference. Go ahead. (laughs) A mouse reference? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Go ahead, Rach. Okay. So he tells Elizabeth, like, oh, don't worry that your clothes are bad. She likes when poor people don't dress as well as rich people. He says, yeah, Miss or Lady. The Duchess. Lady Catherine. The Duchess. Lady Catherine. The Duchess Lady Catherine de Berg. He's like, she likes to preserve class distinctions. So she won't hold it against you that your clothes are so terrible. That's what I'm talking about. Like, this is not necessary to the plot or to his character development. This doesn't add anything to what we already know of him. It's just so funny. And he's not (laughs) trying to be mean, even. He's, like, trying to flatter Lady Catherine by being like, she loves it when poor people dress like poor people. Don't be nervous, Elizabeth, about how bad your clothes are. She loves it. He (laughs) says, I would advise you merely to put on whatever of your clothes is superior to the rest. There's no occasion for anything more. (laughs) Like, what? What other option does she have? Yeah, yeah. All you have to do is wear your best clothes. <laughs> yeah. I hadn't thought about just wearing my nicest clothes. Yeah. So it's like the things he's saying, it sounds like he's being a mean girl. Yeah, but he's but not. But he he's doesn't not. even, he's, he's just oblivious. Yeah. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I know. Because he's funny. so, he doesn't have any real like knowledge or insight into like what the mind of other people yeah. is like, especially women. And so he's like, oh, I'm just going to go ease her worries by telling her this rude thing. So they go to the house. It turns out that Lady Catherine sucks. Like she's very rude and she's very self-important. Don't you think this book is kind of unkind to the super wealthy? When they leave, Mr. Collins is like, what did you think, Elizabeth? Wasn't Lady Catherine great? It says she forces herself to praise Lady Catherine just to make Charlotte's life easier. But Mr. Collins thinks that Lizzie doesn't do a good enough job praising her, so he just praises her himself the rest of the ride home. Yeah. Let me let me just take over this praise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is Dame Judy Dench, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Theo. Good job. He did a little bit of research. Theo said that he watched the last hour of the movie at double speed and without any transition shots. 
How did you do that? Did you find a version of the movie that doesn't have any? Well, there's a playlist on YouTube and I would, I just set it to double speed and then skip, 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 skip. Every time I saw that it was like a carriage going by or something like that. I don't don't care about the carriage. He has a phobia of carriages. (laughs) Yeah. We need a content warning. So uh, Lizzie's hanging out with Charlotte in her little secret room and it says that she kind of hides from Mr. Collins in there but that every time Lady Catherine or her daughter drives by in a carriage he pops his head in the room to be like oh, a de Berg just drove by <laughs> don't look outside now there's a carriage I know you're yeah, afraid be of this careful. so it turns out Lady Catherine is a huge micromanager like she'll say things like oh this is how you need to organize your linen closet Charlotte or your cuts of meat are too big but it's so cool of her to condescend to <laughs> yeah, you know so- give that level of advice to the little small people. Okay, so it turns out that Mr. Darcy is visiting his aunt, and he's bringing with him his cousin, Colonel Fitzwilliam. Ah. Another name. (laughs) Yeah, sorry, you do actually need to remember Colonel Fitzwilliam. Okay. (laughs) Writing it down. We're gonna see, like, his notebook after this, and it's just gonna say, like, all work and no play makes the adult boy. Like, he's just gonna get so... (laughs) I was actually worried you were gonna say it's gonna have every name misspelled so terribly, (laughs) unbelievably badly, because that is actually the truth. Theo, you should, for our Instagram, you should take a picture of your notebook and we'll upload it. (laughs) Okay, so they visit Mr. Collins' house, and Mr. Collins says, like, oh, it must be because you're here, my dear cousin. They would never visit otherwise. So it turns out... Colonel Fitzwilliam is a nice, cheerful dude, about 30 years old, like very pleasant and friendly. And when Mr. Darcy's there, he is just like extremely super awkward, like maybe even more awkward than he was before. And his cousin, Colonel Fitzwilliam, kind of makes fun of him sometimes for being like so silent and awkward, which then implies to Lizzie that maybe he's not usually like this. Now that's something that was going to come up in a future chapter. But I like to do things early. Um, It doesn't matter what order we go in. Well, whatever. It's fine. Okay, so Mr. Darcy finally, after like minutes and minutes of silence, says like, how's your family? And she says, oh, they're fine. But then she wants to needle him a little bit. And he says, you know, my sister Jane is in London. Have you seen her there? And he seems a little bit confused by that and is like, no, I haven't. So that's that. So maybe he didn't know either. So chapter 31, they've been there for like a week at this point, and everyone likes Colonel Fitzwilliam. He's a great guy, and he keeps visiting their house sometimes, but they only see Mr. Darcy when they go to church. So a week after the arrival, Lady Catherine invites everyone to come have dinner at her house, which Mr. Collins is like, oh, what condescension, which to him is a good thing. I think, don't you think condescension, like, in this time period probably meant, like, um, humility? It meant, like, a great person reaching out a hand to a small person, which could have been a good thing, but everyone else (laughs) in the book is like, come on, dude, lay off about the condescension. So I don't think it was a totally different meaning. Like, to him, it was a good thing, but everyone else was kind of like come on collins <laughs> chill yeah. uh so oh, wow. lizzie is seated next to colonel fitzwilliam at dinner and they have a really good conversation they're clearly hitting it off and darcy keeps like looking over at them lady Catherine is super nosy and she keeps being like what are you guys talking about what are you talking about Ooh. and she ends up making kind of a snobby comment that embarrasses mr darcy so after dinner 
They talk about how great Mr. Darcy's sister, Georgiana, sorry, Theo, is at playing the piano. (laughs) (laughs) He just shifts over and he's like, another name. Yeah, and Lizzie is pressured into playing the piano. So while she's playing, Colonel Fitzwilliam is sitting next to her. Mr. Darcy just looms over her. Like, he just pops up out of nowhere and starts looming. (laughs) He just goes and sits there so that he can have, like, full view of the fair performer. They have some fun banter about it. She says, like, that he's trying to scare her or whatever and that she's like oh she's really pretty mean to him here you know i know my piano playing is not as good as your wonderful sister's piano playing but i'm not going to be scared of you and he's like no it's pretty good actually she has like a weird monologue about fingers and she's like my fingers would be better at piano if only i oh that happens that's later. coming up in a second yeah god damn it <laughs> in the outline. <laughs> so Colonel Fitzwilliam is like, tell me a little bit about my cousin's behavior. And she says, oh man, you're not going to believe this. He went to a ball and he only danced four times. And there were women who didn't have dance partners. That's two full hours of dancing, by the way, because each dance is 30 minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> Colonel That's Fitzwilliam is dance. like, is so shocked by that. And Mr. Darcy says, I'm very awkward. Just, I'm an awkward man. He said, I didn't know anybody there. I didn't know anyone. And Lizzie's like, oh yeah, and it's impossible to meet people at a ball. Dance. Colonel Fitzwilliam says, yeah, my cousin's lazy, basically. Like, he could do it. And Lizzie says, you just need to practice. I'm not as good at the piano as other women are. All I say is, that's because I haven't practiced enough. I don't say that my fingers themselves are somehow incapable of being as good as other women's fingers. Right. I'm just not practicing enough. So he's like, okay, got it. You scored a point. So Lizzie notices that he doesn't really seem to be in love with Mr. Berg. And that's the end of the chapter. Chapter 32, the next day, Lizzie is alone in the Collins' house writing a letter, and all of a sudden, Darcy pops up, which he pops up a lot in the next, like, ten chapters. He's just constantly popping up. So he pops up, and they're extremely awkward, and she asks him, like, oh, you remember when you and your friends left Netherfield all of a sudden? He's like, uh, yeah, uh, I don't know if Bingley's ever gonna come back. They have a conversation about the Collinses, and he says, like, oh, this is nice for Charlotte because she's so close to her family. Lizzie says, no, she's 50 miles away, like, that's a full day in a carriage, and they don't have enough money to visit her family very much. And he kind of makes a jibe about how her mom was happy for Jane to marry Bingley because it meant she'd be so close, which makes Lizzie mad. He says it indirectly. He's like, yeah, I guess nothing would be close enough for you unless it was, like, basically right next to your house. And then she's like, oh, he's talking about Jane and Bingley, and she gets a little embarrassed. Um, At one point, he moves his chair closer to hers a little bit, and she looks surprised, and then he, like, backs up right away. (laughs) (laughs) Theo, you're feeling bad for him, aren't you? I am. <laughs> yeah, he drew his chair a little towards her, said something kind of impassioned. She looks surprised, and then he scoots back and says in a cold voice, Are you pleased with Kent? <laughs> <laughs> He's such a weirdo. <laughs> so at this point, Charlotte and Mariah appear, and he says, like, Oh, uh, sorry, I thought everyone was here. That's why I came here, was because I thought other people were here, too. That's why I'm here. Then he sits there without saying a word for several minutes, 
And then he leaves. Which tells me he didn't really want to talk to the other people that were there. Well, and so Charlotte says, wow, what a weird thing to do. He must be in love with you, Lizzie. But they talk about it some more and they decide, no, 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 he's not in love with her. He must just be really, really bored. That's why he came here. (laughs) (laughs) For the next, like, couple weeks, Mr. Darcy keeps visiting the house and, like, literally sitting there silently, very, very awkward. And Colonel Fitzwilliam, this is when he makes fun of him for being awkward. And that's why they're like, oh, this is out of the ordinary? That must be very strange then. Like, why does he keep doing this? Because at first they told themselves, oh, he's just a weird guy who does this. It does kind of make me wonder, though, I mean, why does he keep putting himself into this situation? Like, I get that it's because he's, like, in love with Lizzie or whatever, but... Okay, that's the reason. If you're in love with someone... You want to be around them. And make a fool of yourself every time. If the alternative is not being around them at all, yeah, you do. (laughs) Is she bewitching? Apparently. She is a witch. Yeah. (laughs) So Charlotte thinks that Mr. Darcy's in love with Elizabeth, but she can't really tell because she says, like, whenever she notices him looking at Elizabeth, he isn't, like, looking at her with love. And she thinks, like, he might just be looking at her because he's bored. (laughs) It kind of just looks like his mind is just absent. Yeah, maybe his mind is wandering and he's just happening to look at her. I thought that was a little creepy, actually. I don't know. But so Charlotte is like, I don't know. Lizzie could marry Darcy or Colonel Fitzwilliam. Both of those would be fine. This is why it feels like an alien culture to me, because it's like two guys pop by that you just like you just met one of them the other day. And you're just like, yeah, either of those would be a a good marriage for you. <laughs> and it totally non-ironically. Yeah. So chapter 33, uh, Lizzie's been going out on walks by herself and she keeps running into Mr. Darcy. And every time she runs into him, he insists on like walking her back to the house. So she thinks like he could just say hi and then go on his way. But instead he keeps walking her back to the house. Annoying. They keep having very awkward conversations. Yeah, and it says the first time she met him, she said, this is actually a favorite walk of mine as though to like inform him like, yes, yeah, so I know you don't want to run into me just so you know I like to walk here. But then weirdly, she starts seeing him even more. Yeah, she says, like, wow, what bad luck. (laughs) Yeah. That's so weird. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) On one of their awkward conversations, he implies something to her about staying at Rosings, which is Lady Catherine's house in the future. Like, the next time she visits the area, she would stay at Lady Catherine's house. And she's very confused about that, and she gets worried that he thinks that his cousin is going to propose to her, and that's why he said it. Yeah, the only way that would happen (laughs) is if I was married to someone in the family, so he must be talking about Fitzwilliam. So she starts to get worried about that. Um, So later on, she goes on a walk and runs into Colonel Fitzwilliam, and she finds out from Fitzwilliam that Mr. Darcy keeps putting off and putting off the time of their departure, that normally their visits would be much shorter. But this time he keeps being like, oh, let's leave next week. Throughout all of this, does it ever go into Darcy's perspective? I remember it did back when he saw her eyes. Okay, so this is mostly... At this point, no. Interesting. The only thought we've ever gotten is like, Eyes. 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 <laughs> He's like the Jackie of Regency England. I don't think he wants to own her eyes or anything. I also don't want to own other people's eyes. <laughs> Unlike <laughs> me, I don't think Mr. Darcy wants to own eyes. <laughs> he doesn't want to start a little collection or anything. Look, guys, that's my thing. Let's not let Darcy have that. Okay. On their walk, Colonel Fitzwilliam jokes to Lizzie that he has to marry a rich woman pretty lightheartedly, but she thinks, oh, he's letting me know he's not going to propose. 
because he says, like, I'm the second son of an earl and we're very expensive. So he also reveals to her that he is Miss Darcy's other guardian along with Mr. Darcy. Lizzie makes a joke about Miss Darcy being kind of troublesome and he looks a little bit worried and she thinks like, oh, I wonder if she is troublesome. So do you think at this point does Colonel Fitzwilliam know that Mr. Darcy likes Elizabeth? I don't think so. I don't think Mr. Darcy would have told anyone. Maybe he would have told his sister, but that's it. While he's talking to Elizabeth, they talk about Mr. Bingley a little bit, and Colonel Fitzwilliam tells her that Mr. Darcy recently congratulated himself for keeping Bingley out of an imprudent marriage. But he doesn't know, like, who the woman is or anything. He's just like, yeah, Mr. Darcy did this great thing. He's like, oh, Mr. Darcy was bragging about how he kept his friend from marrying an unsuitable woman. And Lizzie said, what was wrong with the woman? And he says, there were quite a lot of objections yeah. to the young lady. Yeah, yeah, this is the unforgivable deed, which <laughs> yeah. I spoke of before. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so Lizzie, she's thinking it over to herself later and she's thinking like, well, there's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with Jane. My dad's fine. My mom and sisters, they're not that bad. So the only reason he could have done that is that he's so proud he wouldn't want his friend to marry a girl whose family has like a lo relatively low status. So she's so upset about this that she gives herself a migraine and doesn't go to Lady Catherine's for dinner that night. Jackie, migraine friends. Jackie gets migraines. <laughs> yep. We do that on purpose whenever we want to get out of dinner. <laughs> <laughs> but it turns out to be a really um, opportune that she's home alone. So chapter 34, Lizzie's at home and she's like, the next morning, she's rereading letters from Jane. She's thinking about how sad Jane is and getting more and more angry at Mr. Darcy for separating the two of them. At this point... Great timing for him. Mr. Darcy rings the doorbell and comes in, and he very quickly says, like, he asks about her health, you know, because she stayed home from dinner. And she responds, like, very coldly to him. So he sits down, stands back up, and paces around the room for several minutes without saying a word. So she can look at his butt. Yeah. He's quietly <laughs> walking around in circles in the room, and she doesn't say anything to him because it says, like, she's wondering what he's doing there, so neither of them is saying anything for minutes while he's walking <laughs> he's around. He's making up little stories and making sound effects. He's making the Fitzwilliam Darcy <laughs> Memorial Pathway. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> I'm so pr pat on the pat on the Pat on the back. Pat on the jack. Everybody gather around, pat the jack. <laughs> um so minutes is a long time i know several minutes mm -hmm. so like three minutes minimum he's quietly walking around in circles you can't look <laughs> look in wonder or confusion at someone doing that for three minutes i mean I, you would get bored you would like, stop wondering yeah, she didn't have the internet what if they were hot have you ever thought about what if they were hot Okay, so really hot. <laughs> I don't think Elizabeth thinks Mr. Darcy is hot at this point. She like, thinks he's objectively he's handsome. very handsome. I would look at a handsome man for a few minutes. Even if you hated him? How handsome is he? For a few minutes? It's a long Excuse time. Excuse me. I've watched George of the Jungle. I know how to look at a handsome man. <laughs> well, that's it. Rachel has the knowledge. It's the first movie filmed from the perspective of a female gaze. You have to watch it. Not the entire movie, though, right? Yeah, the movie's really good. You should watch it. Everyone should watch it. I don't know. It's a good movie. Is it like a big muscly man? He's muscly. He's not like super this buff. This is Tim Allen. Think about what women like. Ew, I'm not into Tim Allen. He's not like Tim Allen. What are you? There's no Tim Allen. <laughs> well, let's just, Wait, let's just keep. Wait, I missed a lot. Tim Allen is not George, right? No. Brendan Fraser is George. No, Tim Allen plays Mr. Darcy in the Pride and Prejudice <laughs> movie. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's not bad casting. <laughs> 
Theo's thought is Tim Allen. Women love him. <laughs> Tim Allen as Mr. Darcy. You mean because he grunts all the time? All right. I don't know anything about celebrities, but it would be fun to cast all the characters, but I don't know enough about celebrities to do it, so can't do it. We'll do it later. We'll do it later. Oh, Nathan. Nathan oh as Mr. Darcy. Gosh. Nathan Fielder? Yeah, I mean, he should at yes. least do some sort of parody or something, right? He could do that so well. He wouldn't have to do a parody. He could just be himself. But he's not hot enough. Sorry, Nathan. We'd love to have you on the pod. I disagree. Oh my gosh. Jackie, you think Nathan, for me, is hot? Every, lots of people think Nathan's hot. <laughs> Only because of his, like, weirdo vibe. Nobody looks at him and is like, that's a hot, hot man. Nobody watches him for three minutes. Yeah, you watch Nathan for you for three minutes at a time. But they're doing things. They're not just walking around in a circle. Sometimes he just sits there silently for a long time. I've got a point. But not because he's hot, apparently. He doesn't do it because he's hot. Eric Andre <laughs> as Mr. Darcy. Nah. Eric Andre is Wickham. Eric Andre is hotter than Nathan. Really? No. Yes. He intentionally makes himself look ugly, though. I'm just talking about when you're looking at them, just they're standing there and you're looking at them. Mm. Every time you say Eric Andre, I hear Aragorn. Aragorn's hotter than Nathan, too, Jackie. Wait, how about Gimli plays Mr. Darcy? <laughs> Gimli? Gimli? The fictional Not character. Not John Rhys Davies, but Gimli. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. Okay. Perfect cast. I don't think I see attractiveness. I think I sense it. Aren't you face blind? Yeah, that's why I don't really think physical. So leave it to me. Then. We're going to talk about Nathan later. This is going to be a Patreon exclusive. <laughs> Who are you again? <laughs> it's me, Theo. <laughs> That's a new rule. Every time we like waste the audience's time in an episode talking about some random tangent. <laughs> oh, just we'll make the rest of this a Patreon exclusive. Yeah, if you so. want to hear more from the tangent. Right. <laughs> Whatever. I let me get to this. This is like the one of the climaxes of the book. This is the big point, and you guys have interrupted me to talk about Tim Allen and Nathan for me. Okay. That's why we have to delay it. Okay, sure. Yeah. Building up that expectation. Okay, so Mr. Darcy's been pacing around the room in silence for minutes, and then he stops all of a sudden, and can you guess what he says, Theo? You positively bewitch me. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, that's why you keep Did saying you that, because you watched the movie. <laughs> Is that what it yeah. says? It was double speed, so. In the movie, you have bewitched me, body and spirit. He says, in vain, I have struggled. It will not do. My feelings will not be repressed. You must allow me to tell you how ardently I admire and love you. And she's so shocked that she cannot say a word. And the narrator says he takes that as an encouragement to continue. Oh. And he says a lot more things which are not written down, but they're generally... He's very rude. Extremely rude while yeah. he's proposing. He talks about how much he loves her. But he also spends just as much time talking about how inferior and unsuitable she is. Yeah, such is the strength of my love for you that I was even able to overlook how ill-matched we are and how annoying your family is. Wow. Your family sucks and you're of inferior birth, but I love you so much that I'm still asking you to marry me. <laughs> and she also says that he keeps talking about like, oh, I'm so nervous proposing, but that it's obvious that he assumes she's going to say yes. That he's not actually anxious. This was one of the things that I, I wasn't sure if that was just in her head or not. Like, is that just an Elizabeth interpretation that's like, oh, he was like totally sure I was going to say it yes. It seems like the narrator I think he agrees. probably was nervous. The narrator seems to agree mm -hmm. that he was sure she, I'm sure he was nervous, but that he was sure, like, I am so high above her, of course she's going to marry me. Because he's so high. Fast car again. Anyway, yeah. so um, <laughs> she gets angry about that. And she turns him down, and she tells him... And her anger for the other things also explodes. So Wickham and Jane and this other 
just everything. So she lets him have it. She was going to turn him down regardless, but that she would have felt bad, except that he was so rude. And also he separated her sister from her true love. So she tells him... It's all a misunderstanding. (laughs) She tells him, The feelings which you tell me have long prevented the acknowledgement of your regard can have little difficulty in overcoming it after this explanation. So she's saying, like, You think I'm so terrible? Well, that'll make it easy for you to get over me. Dang. He's surprised and angry, the narrator says. And he tells her that she's being rude, basically. He's like, Mm -hmm. okay, you didn't have to say it like that. And she tells him, well, you not only have you offended and insulted me, you ruined my beloved sister's happiness. And he's surprised to hear her say that, but admits like, yeah, I did separate them. And he doesn't seem sorry about it. She also brings up the Mr. Wickham thing, and he gets angry about it. And he tells her, like, you're using these things as an excuse. Actually, I just hurt your pride because I was honest with you. And she says, no, no, no. Actually, I've disliked you the whole time I've known you. And a month after knowing you, I told myself you're the last man I would ever marry. And then she insults him some more. (laughs) Theme. Prejudice. (laughs) He stops her and says, like, okay, sorry I took up so much of your time. I hope you have health and happiness. And then he leaves. Have a good life. Have a good life. Sorry for taking up your time and walks away. And if you want to accept our proposal later. We know that you actually want to accept our proposal, even though you say you don't. I know that we've asked you several times to leave reviews and give us money and stuff and that it's just your proper way of declining. But we know secretly you want to do all that stuff. So Mm -hmm. if you want to hit us up on social media, you can find us at Fire the Cannon Podcast on Facebook. We're an official discussion group as well as announcements page and a discussion group for your thoughts, memes, questions, comments, etc. You can send us an email at firethecanonpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on patreon.com slash firethecanon as well as ko-fi.com slash firethecanon. And ko-fi is spelled ko-fi.com slash firethecanon. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at FireTheCanonPod. And, of course, our website, which is www.FireTheCanonPod.com. As always, canon is spelled C-A-N-O-N. Thank you for tuning in. We love you. We miss you. We adore you. We admire you. And we are bewitched by body and soul. And now is the part where we thank Nell. Thank you.